0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we are both Victoria at work because we are constantly thinking about the best escape route from this motherfucking job. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's your day, Paige? How's it going? Honestly, today was like kind of like a non day for me. Um, I didn't really do that much, which was fine. You know, it was fine. I had some leftover chilies, so that was good.
1: What did you have at chilies? Fajitas. Oof, Those are the best. Today was a good day for that, I feel like, because it was rainy. I don't know. Whenever it's like this rainy and kind of gross, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not getting anything done today. It's out of my hands. (laughs) What can you do? What can you do? Truly. Um, Right off the top here, we got to give a huge shout out to listener, patron, friend of the pod, Gem. They sent us this box of goodies that was so insane. Some of you might have seen it on our Instagram story on Saturday night. We um, like basically unboxed it live on the story. And it was so nice. There was an art piece that they did and then some face masks and some bath salts and just like stickers and glitter there's glitter all over my house which I love actually like I keep finding
0: it in random places and I laugh and yeah it was just so thoughtful so thank you Jim. Yeah it was really nice Jem had shared a photo of the painting that they did for us I think on Twitter maybe um and obviously we were in awe of it because it was amazing and colorful and has like pod quotes on it which is so cute so When they had told us that they had shipped us a box, we were kind of just like, oh, the painting, oh my gosh. And then there were just all of these other amazing, fun treats in there that we were 100% not expecting. It straight up made the entire day. It was so thoughtful and we are just so thankful. Thank you so much, Jim.
1: Yes, seriously,
0: thank you. And
1: if anyone else wants to send us, I'm just kidding. But we do have a P.O. box for now, (laughs) so let me know. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we'll just jump right in. This week we read chapter 22, The
0: Hunt. Paige, what did you
1: think of this chapter?
0: This chapter, it was, it was pretty intense, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I was extremely thankful. My favorite part of the whole chapter, it actually happened pretty early on, but I had a huge question going into this chapter or like something that I had a problem with while reading Twilight it just didn't really make sense in my head and Stephanie Meyer 100% cleared it up for me the answer it was completely answered no loopholes or plot holes nothing like that i am completely satisfied with the explanation and it's actually really amazing and i was talking to Danny about it because it really blew me out of the water and we'll get into it. But the character that it's about, he says that everyone is sleeping on him and that he's one of his favorites.
1: Interesting.
0: Okay. I think
1: I know what you're talking about, but we'll get to it.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, it was, like, not that long of a chapter, but a lot happened in it. So it just picks up where the last chapter left off with everybody waiting on the baseball field, the clearing, whatever, for these three strangers to walk up. And so a lot of this is just Edward, you know, kind of describing them, how they're feeling, reading their minds, you know, kind of what they're up to. Um, so the one that we end up knowing is Laurent. He, Edward says that he is, you know, just kind of like chilling. He He's looking forward to the, the opportunity to play a game. And he thinks Rosalie is hot and is like wanting to hit on her, which I feel you. <laughs> So next he talks about Victoria, and this whole chapter, Edward makes many references, and it's very hard for me to not call her Penelope because I want to because I think it's so funny, but Edward keeps making references to her just, like, the whole time. She just wants to escape, and at one point, this is later on, but we can go ahead and talk about it right now. Um, Like, the two men, James and Laurent, they keep kind of, like, looking towards her at one point on the second page of the chapter, so page 501. James says in his mind, Vic hasn't split yet, so it probably won't come to anything. What did you think about this whole Victoria vibe?
0: I had a couple different hypotheses regarding her that all kind of made sense to me. The first one and the one that I think is the most believable to me is that she might be the newest vampire, and maybe she's just unsure of the whole vampire thing still very wary of other vampires I mean they're very dangerous and you know lethal fighters so it would make me nervous uh, literally seven of them in front of me I've never seen a group that big so it could be that there is a little talk later on about maybe like she has some kind of supernatural things going on and to have both of them look at her and almost like to see what's going on like what is she doing maybe that she has a supernatural side that they have to keep in check to like see what she's doing like I'm thinking if she's really nervous trying to escape maybe she has some kind of foreknowledge of attacks or is able to sense when things are about to get aggressive. And so she, she's ready to skedaddle whenever because she's on top of that kind of a thing. So I would, those are the two main things that I think it could be one or the other. Um, my mind says that I'm more leaning towards the first one but I could 100% see the second one being feasible as well.
1: Nice, I like both of those. And I just wanna say we do not use the word skedaddle enough in real life. <laughs> it's
0: true. Um, okay, so before we go on, can I jump back to the very first page? Mm -hmm. There are two things that I wanted to talk about. The first one, it is literally the third paragraph. Edward talks about how as they're approaching, they notice that he's tapping his foot in a weird way and is all kind of like jiggly and weird. And we said in the last chapter that as a vampire, that is a very bizarre thing to do and would be a standout thing for another vampire to notice. And it's literally mentioned on the first page that the other vampires are like, hmm, that's, that's suspicious. That's weird. So we were right on the money there.
1: Yeah, we were. Maybe, I, I don't even know if I remembered this part. So I don't know if I cheated, but I might have. <laughs>
0: I mean, even if you didn't remember, it's still, I feel like, in my mind, an obvious thing that he's acting very bizarre. And vampires are already very knowledgeable and can kind of, like, see things and sense things. I He's a dummy. He's just dumb.
1: Yes, he is. Um, You said there was two things. What was the second thing? Yes.
0: Yeah, so the second thing is... Laurent is the first vampire that's described. And we had a long discussion about Laurent in Twilight because he is portrayed negatively and is also pretty much the first person of color that is represented in this book. But I think besides the quill, he's the first person and is portrayed as a villain and just not a really great representation of that. And I just wanted to note that in this book, he is described as handsome like, extremely good-looking, but there's no reference to the fact that he is Black. And I think, I want to say that Stephanie, this is all speculation, but I feel like she may have done that on purpose.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, what do you think is the
0: motive? I think it was replacing the fact that she's finally introduced a Black character and made them a villain and put on but he's handsome he's very good looking so it's a good thing like we already know that he's black but if i call him handsome and even more good looking than the regular vampire then it makes everything fine
1: i totally agree and it's very gross
0: yeah and i mean that was it was immediately standing standing out to me and that was the the very first thing I thought was that this is her backtracking and not doing a very good job of it.
1: I was just going to say and failing to backtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is, that kind of happens right at the top is everybody is scared of Emmett. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, we know that he's big, but like, I guess you just don't really think about how that affects people who don't know him, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's, it's not just that he's tall or large. He's muscular. I mean, he's a strong person, too. So for vampires to be like, oh, wow, he's he's really strong looking. He looks like a threat. That has to be an intimidating person.
1: Yes. And Edward says he he looks even more scary tonight, which we're about to get to. But that's somewhat of Jasper's doing. So Carlisle... Um, introduces everyone, you know, trying to not draw attention to anyone specifically. And then that's when Edward realizes, because something's been bugging him, but he couldn't figure out what it was. And he realizes that basically Jasper is using his powers to shield himself, Alice, Esme, and Bella. um, And try to, like, basically he's making them, like, not interesting, not noticeable. Um, He is, like, taking care of the situation, which I, I don't know. I think this is really cool. I'm assuming that this is the character that you and Danny were talking about. Yes. Okay. I agree, but also he's and you don't know this yet, so it's obviously not, you know, you're doing, but he's also a very problematic character um based on his backstory.
0: Um after I said what I said at the beginning that Danny said he was one of his favorite characters, I did want to correct myself. That isn't exactly what he says. He says the powers are one of his favorite powers of the supernatural people with a little extra you know he like he was like I feel like people are always sleeping on his superpowers because they're they're not seeing into the future they're not it's not reading people's minds but it is a cool effect to have to be able to just think oh I want someone to feel this way and then is able to do that
1: yeah definitely no I totally agree it's like more subtle not not so flashy but it's like really really cool the concept I'm just like why did you have to put it on somebody who ends up being shitty but anyway that's Stephanie for
0: you and you are correct this is what I was talking about because in the Twilight version I was just I was floored that all three of them did not immediately notice Bella like I mean don't get me wrong They talk about this a lot in this chapter that they all thought that it was a group of a bunch of covens together hanging out. And the fact that there are seven of them all together would be shocked. Like they were all shocked about it, you know. So I could see that for a moment. They might be distracted, but it was extremely hard for me to believe that this conversation went on for so long with none of them smelling her or noticing that she looks different or that her eyes are different and I mean I know she's in the back of the group trying to be discreet but it just seemed incredibly unbelievable to me so this explanation as to what was happening I was like thank you this actually makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah yeah totally it was a good this time backtracking did work for her and maybe she had this concept in her brain all along and just didn't explain it in Twilight but Anyways, um Edward also makes mention of how Jasper is lacerated with scars on every visible portion of his skin. Was that were you surprised by that?
0: Like is this Frankenstein? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um let's see. He's also it's interesting because he's also I think he says he's influencing how they look at Emmett, right? And he like seems more intimidating and then he also is doing that similar thing to Edward oh he's just not doing the calming thing on him because he wants Edward to be on edge so that he appears as a threat
0: you know the part in in this part where Edward talks about when he's finally realizing what's going on he says if Jasper were a human he would be profusely sweating right now with how hard he's concentrating and using his powers it made me think of that meme where it's like some white teenager sitting in a desk and his like his face is really red and his veins are popping out and I always see it as like when you've already coughed four times in class and you're trying to hold another cough in, or something like that and what? like that would be Jasper that is what I'm picturing right now with him just really s- squeezing really hard I don't know
1: yes totally oh my god that's so accurate yeah Um, okay. So it's weird because it seems like they're going to be calm and they're going to, you know, avoid this confrontation. James is disappointed because he was kind of like looking forward to just something different. Um, Carlisle mentions that they keep a permanent residence and all three of them are shook and they're like, uh, how? And that's when Carlisle invites them over to their house. And then, um, but Edward can see that it always ends in confrontation. And so he's like, what could it be that's going to, like, pop off in these next few seconds? And it's literally the weather. And can I just say, it is always the weather. Ruining shit. It it literally is, like, one of the few things that no one can control. Like, money, rich people, or, or like, conglomerate companies can control that. Or, you know, like... I mean obviously with the global pandemic there are other things that are not controllable but I feel like the weather is always up my
0: ass it's one of those things I don't I can't think of what the term is you probably know in literature where um the author uses god or like some uncontrollable force to further the plot
1: yeah deus ex machina I think although that's exactly it because typically that would be the hand of god like it would be like resolving the conflict but well, i get what you're
0: saying. yeah i was gonna say it's kind of like that but in a believable way because no one has control over the wind just blowing randomly like it is 100 percent a believable thing that that would happen and change the tide and stephanie is just lucky that we don't got no storm up in here I'm talking about X-Men, because she can control the weather.
1: Oh, that was good. I didn't get it, but I'm glad you explained
0: I felt like I immediately needed to uh, talk about what I was talking about. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: That's funny. So, yes, a wind comes by and blows Bella's scent into the strangers' faces. And shit hits the fan. James is automatically, like, in hunting mode. Like, he does not have even, like, a conscious thought. He's just like, okay, I'm going to go for it. Victoria and Laurent are kind of, like, farther behind. They're more just, like, surprised. And then, obviously, Edward moves immediately to um, kind of, like, deflect James. And I thought it was interesting that they actually have a couple times where he's, like, about to lunge and then Edward, like, follows him. Because I don't think that you really notice that in Twilight, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it's, I think it's a way that I'm, I have no way to confirm this, but I feel like by the end of this chapter, James 100% knows that something is going on with Edward that he doesn't know about. Like there's some extra thing. Cause at one point he, he sees what James is going to do again and cuts him off. And James is like, oh, that was, that was weird. That was the spacious. I'm gonna keep saying it, um, but it, I feel like it was almost Edward showing his hand a little too soon. Like James, I feel like clearly knows what's going. Not clearly knows, but knows that there's another additional part of this that he needs to take into consideration, which feeds into his the, his, the challenge of it. Like, oh, there's something especially weird in this case, and I feel like that does not help. The given situation
1: right right exactly and speaking of that yeah james is almost automatically when he realizes that you know he can't attack bella right now he is just super excited because this is what he lives to do he lives to like face challenges and complete hunts of humans that are like, especially difficult, and he thinks that this one will be the the most difficult yet because she has seven protectors, and obviously, as Paige just said, like, Edward's definitely got something else going on with him, and he is so excited.
0: It, that also helped me formulate my hypothesis that, uh, Victoria has something additional going on because I mean I don't know if it's necessarily known that some vampire like if does every vampire know that some vampires have a little extra going on here and there. If you were, like, if you were just two vampires who did not have anything special going on, would you know that that is something going on with other people? So it made me think because if Victoria had something kind of crazy going on with her, James would be more keen on knowing that maybe Edward has something extra going on as well. Yeah.
1: That's a really good point because he's seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Emmett kind of, he's the one that gets James to to realize that he's not going to be attacking right now because um, Laurent says, but she's human. And then Emmett says, Yes. All he says is yes, and everybody's like,
0: <laughs> yep,
1: <laughs> which is funny. Um, let's see. Yeah, at the bottom of page 507, Edward says about James, Emmett's threatening mass seemed abruptly exhilarating to him. So he's just getting more and more excited with every level that's added to this challenge. And at this point, um, they I mean, we've pretty much witnessed this. Laurent says that they'd still like to come over and that they won't harm Bella, and that pisses James off insane. He turns on him so quick, he literally, that one remark makes him decide to kill Laurent. Like, he's like, all right, this guy's done for. Were you surprised by that?
0: I mean, knowing how much of a dick and, like, a crazy murderer James is, it didn't really surprise me. What did surprise me is that edward has not kind of realized that james is the one in charge here like i it just seems that would be a bizarre thing to think if you were an underling Mm -hmm. you know there's so much going on with how james is acting and that everyone is kind of reacting off of him or going along with what he is wanting to do. Like no one is no one is stopping James at this point. No one is saying, "James, cool it." You know, they're they're being cool right now. We got to be cool right now. Everyone's just kind of letting him do what he wants. I thought it was weird that Edward didn't pick up on the fact that James is the one in charge here.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe because I agree with you, but maybe it's because Laurent himself has not accepted that. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I'm just thinking. Thinking out loud, I guess. It definitely seems like um, Victoria and James are kind of like a unit. Like she seems to kind of like read him and he reads her and Laurent's just kind of there.
0: Yeah, at one point, I think it's already happened, but Edward thinks that maybe uh, James and Victoria are mates. I thought that maybe they might be siblings too, having a close relationship like that. Um, So they do have some kind of weird connection. And so then he thought... James and Victoria were a coven and Laurent kind of just joined on in. So So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. So at that point, Carlisle breaks up the groups, you know, he sends um, Alice and Emmett with Bella and Edward and James is just like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like he is in full planning mode. So everybody leaves the clearing and then once they get into the woods, they start running, and um, they finally get back to the Jeep, and Edward makes Emmett strap Bella into the harness, and then they just tear off into the night. And then at that point, Bella's like, "Um, where are we going? <laughs> and she finds out that he's planning on just like escaping to somewhere random with her, and she freaks out, understandably. And this whole time, I don't know, it was interesting reading this part from Edward's perspective because you really get a sense of like how smart Bella is, you know?
0: Yeah, I also felt like this half of the chapter, I mean, I 100% understand where Edward is coming from and why he's motivated to act the way that he does. But I kind of feel like he almost for a while pushed Bella almost to the back burner like while while keeping her his main focus and wanting to keep her safe he kind of like didn't really listen to her a lot or let her say what she wanted I mean to be fair she's very vulnerable at this point and pretty much everything is out of her hands and this guy will kill her so she needs as much help as she can get But, I mean, it is still her life, and, like, she's clearly very scared right now. And I feel like for a long time, Edward didn't really, like, offer any, like, kindness or let her say how she was feeling. It just, I got it, but it just kind of, like, if it were me, if I was in Bella's shoes, I would be a little upset that my significant other was not really, like, extending a little bit of comfort to me.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I feel like he was almost objectifying her in a way in that it was just like a problem that needed a solution because he even at one point is like decades of James hunting her and me always hiding Bella. Like her like life, her choices, what she wants are just not even in his mind. And the fact that Charlie doesn't even cross his mind is just like, I don't know. I feel like it's even more indicative. But it's interesting because Edward's mind is basically all panic. And it's so, like, I just think it's cool because Bella, even though, like, everyone's yelling at her and she's the one who's in danger and her boyfriend's being an asshole, she comes up with a really great plan.
0: Yeah, really, really great. And I love that both, and I mean, objectively, we're looking at it, yes. It is a really, really good plan. Alice and Emmett are both like, you gotta listen to this girl. She knows what she's talking about. Like two vampires who are ready, especially Emmett, ready to kick some ass. They're like, she's actually has a pretty good point right now. Like this is actually a legitimate plan. Like I loved, I really loved both Alice and Emmett in this scene because I really felt like they had Bella's back. And like Emmett is, I mean, I know that he was holding her hands to keep her from flailing around, but I kind of in my mind did think that Bella may have enjoyed having someone like holding her a little bit, even if he was kind of crushing her hands with his big, strong hands. But I just, I felt like there was a lot of compassion there from them and support from them um, where it was sort of missing from Edward.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you he's always acting a fool no matter what it's always got to be about him um anyways so he basically tells Bella to fuck off when she says that um he has to take her back so that the you know the cops won't like realize that he's kidnapped her or whatever and then Edward talks briefly about you know the notion of tracking and you know some of it's out loud so you remember it from Twilight, but he says like, okay, this is on page, let's see, five thirteen. Yeah, five thirteen. Um, you know, he says that we haven't really come across any. Most of them are serving in Italy. And he mentions one named Alistair, but he's never met him. And he says that Emin and Alice like don't get the concept. Um do you have any thoughts on this whole like tracker concept?
0: I didn't have too many. I mean, I could see that it being, obviously, the mention of Italy, this has something to do with the Volturi, um, and the fact that one of them is named by name, this motherfucker's coming back. I already know it. I. Why would you put a name to him if he wasn't going to be a character? Um, I could see it being beneficial for a, a police force, for, like, people who are trying to get away and hide if they've done something wrong, having... Basically, hyper bloodhounds being able to find them so that they can exact whatever punishment they want to exact. I don't know what that would entail or what crimes would be needed or be committed to elicit that, but I could see it being a beneficial item for a police vampire police to have. I mean, the regular police use canine scent dogs all the time to find things, so it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, And then in the context of this conversation, Alice and Edward have basically what's like an unspoken conversation because Alice is like, if you just turned her into a vampire, this whole thing would be solved. And Edward just keeps saying, like, that's not an option. And Alice keeps saying, like, if you do that, James is not going to want her anymore because it's going to be over, which we know is true because that literally happened with Alice, which these characters don't even know yet. But he had wanted to hunt Alice, and then the vampire that she doesn't remember changed her, and then he gave up because he didn't care anymore.
0: Yeah. It's it's not ironic, but just astute that Alice would point that out.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, Edward is having none of it. So then that's when Bella kind of comes in and says, do you want to hear my plan? Um, let's go back and like, I'll give my dad a cover story and then we'll split up. Um, eventually she, you know, she's like, I'll go to Phoenix because what we're saying that I'm going there and he's not going to think that I'm going where I say I'm going. (laughs) And, um, they kind of argue back and forth about it because Edward doesn't want her that close to him because he knows that the tracker would show up at Charlie's house. And so finally... Finally, they agree to go with Bella's plan. And as Paige said, um, Emmett and Alice are very, like, um, just impressed by Bella. And then Edward notices that in Alice's visions, the like the group that's hunting James keeps on changing, and he's super confused by that. And then finally he realizes that because like the tracker witnessed how protective he was of Bella like he's gonna go wherever Edward is and he like must sense that there's some kind of relationship with them so then they that's when they decide that Alice and Jasper will take Bella this is just like kind of like and so I don't want to cover like every part of it you know but
0: I mean uh, I would say for if for anyone who did not read this chapter this whole section the next like or from the beginning to like like maybe six or seven pages long. Edward is just really angry, and Alice is like, "Pull over, pull over." And Emmett's like, "I could take him, I could take him. I, I oh, well, there's seven of us, we could take him." And then Bella is just yelling to li- for someone to listen to her, and Edward is yelling, "You don't understand, Bella!" Ah! And then finally they come to a resolution, and Edward is still angry. <laughs>
1: literally that's such a perfect summary for this entire section each paragraph is approximately a line long because it's just all dialogue of them being like
0: also you pointing out that it that whole conversation between edward and alice was basically a mental conversation again i'm picturing emmett in the back seat with bella who is having a probably a panic attack an anxiety attack just being like, can someone please say something out loud that isn't, there are no choices. Can can someone pl- can someone we please be having this conversation out loud because I want to be involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. It's surprising he doesn't say anything about it, honestly.
0: <laughs> e- Emmett's a good guy. That's all I'll say.
1: He is. So then finally when they settle on this, this pairing of Alice and Jasper taking her, he's going off to hunt the tracker, he somehow finds a way to, like, say a tender thing while still being a dick. This is on page 521. Bella, she met my eyes in the mirror. Her Hers were defensive rather than afraid. If you let anything happen to yourself, anything at all, I'm holding you personally responsible, I said softly. I doubt it. Do you understand that? And then she says
0: yes. I'm like, he couldn't have been, like, nice about it? I do not think he said it softly. I think I would hold maybe James personally responsible if it were me. You know, like, all I'm saying is Bella has done nothing wrong. She's (laughs) literally the innocent one in this entire thing. The only thing that she has done wrong, quote unquote, has been in existence. (laughs) This is not Bella's fault.
1: Yes, and he tries to justify why he's saying this as being like, you know, she doesn't care about her own life, so I have to make it about me so that she'll care and, like, actually do it. I'm like, I don't think
0: that's true, but okay. Like, I mean, I I would definitely understand, like, being Bella and knowing that not just her own life is affected by this. I mean, if, if Bella if it seems like Edward kidnaps her, then the whole Colin family, their lives are completely uprooted by this whole thing. If James kills Charlie, that's another just innocent life taken and her father who she loves. I mean, I, I definitely get Bella being concerned about other people. I don't know because she's empathetic and a human and has a tender heart that does care about what others thinking. But she definitely does have a problem with not, necessarily being the safest when it comes to her own being. I she's definitely has done a lot of things where I'm like, you gotta look out for yourself, sis. You you gotta you gotta take your own life and hold it tight too. But I think Edward is being not great in this situation because she's done literally nothing wrong and she's allowed to be worried about the people that she cares about and what's gonna happen to them. I fully agree. And also I would say that if
1: he's concerned about her offering herself up as bait, which is eventually what she ends up doing. So obviously it is on brand, but why would she care that he's holding her personally responsible? She's going to be dead. Why would it matter? (laughs) I don't know if that's just
0: a me thing, but. Like, like that's going to be the last thing that your girlfriend has. Like that's the memory. The last memory you have is you telling her this is your fault. Like, that, that's going to be what she thinks about. It's so fucked up
1: when you put it like that. You're so right. <sighs> so basically, the end of the chapter is Edward being like, well, can you and Jasper? Well, first he asks about Jasper. Can Jasper handle this? And Alice says, give him some credit, Edward. He's been doing very, very well, all things considered. And she doesn't see, you know, in the future, Jasper, like, doing anything to Bella. And then Edward has the audacity to ask Alice if she can handle it, and she gives him an earful, and I support it.
0: Not everyone can be as fast and cunning and amazing as Edward, though, Emily. You have to take that into consideration. And no one is... His, Edward's standards are never going to drop underneath Edward level.
1: How is someone simultaneously so convinced of their own superiority and also so full of self-loathing at the same time.
0: So thanks for listening to the podcast guys. This is the end. Um <laughs>
1: I mean pretty much we don't have really anything else to cover. Um It is funny though that um Edward has this brief moment where he's like I hope Alice and Bella don't have girl talk and Alice tells Bella how she can become a vampire and then she literally does.
0: Yeah, I I'm like, it could be that, or maybe, like, Alice and Bella sitting in the hotel beds while Jasper's out in the living room, like, <laughs> is Edward a good kisser?
1: Oh my god!
0: They <laughs> got nothing else to do, why not spill the tea?
1: I'm so dead that it ends up being the opposite of that. It could have been so much more fun. Yeah. Sad. So the last little part of the chapter um, is Edward thinks to himself, would Alice tell Bella her solution to this nightmare? I nodded once a sharp jerk to let her know, Alice, that I'd accepted her role as Bella's protector. But keep your opinions to yourself, I warned. Did you have anything we didn't cover?
0: The only part that we didn't really cover, it was really quick and really minor. I did really like in this chapter, and we kind of already talked about it, that the part with Jasper I enjoyed reading. But if you take the Jasper th- from this chapter and compare him to the Jasper at the beginning of the book, he was, like, ready to frickin' kill Bella. He was Team Rosalie in the beginning. Like, let's just eliminate the problem, like, at the source. Like, let's just do it. And now in this chapter, he doesn't even have to be asked. He just goes out of his way to make sure that she's safe because he doesn't protect Emmett and he doesn't protect Edward. He only protects, like the vulnerable people and Bella is one of those and I mean vulnerable they're still vampires I don't know if they're necessarily vulnerable but I mean he didn't have to do that I thought that that was just like it's it's nice to see that he went from being pro taking her out to we got to keep her safe now she's an important person and an important member of the family and a friend of Alice and Edward loves her so we have to keep her safe too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it shows his relationship to Edward more than anything else that we've seen him do. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of thing happens with Emmett. Obviously, it's not to that degree, but at the beginning, Emmett was just like, whatever is going to work the best for everybody and not cause a fuss. And he was, like, totally fine with Bella being killed. Mm-hmm. um and now he's obviously, like, taking it very seriously how he has to help take care of her.
0: Yeah. I. This was just a really nice chapter. It, it just shows how... Pretty much everyone, except Rosalie and maybe Alice, have changed since the beginning versus now. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Okay, so we will not have a new episode out next week. Let me pull up my little calendar to see what the dates are. Um so when you guys are hearing this it will have come out on the 25th of May. So we will not have one out on June 1st. Um I have to go out of town for a wedding, but we will be back on June 8th. And when we are back, we are going to be reading chapters 23 and 24, which are called goodbyes and ambush. Do you
0: have any predictions for those? I'm just going to I'm just going to come out right now and say I am not underlined not looking forward to reading goodbyes. I think I am going, I think I'm just going to have to put my two weeks in on the podcast when I read how Edward, I, I know he's going to listen into Charlie's thoughts after the whole Bella thing. And I do not want to hear them. I do not want to hear how heartbroken he is. I do not want to hear what he thinks after Bella kills him with what, Renee tells him when she left, I do not want to hear it. So I might just like, I might just black out during that part and not even have a comment to say about it during, I don't know, we'll see. But obviously goodbyes are going to be loaded because I could get, I Bella's gonna say goodbye to Edward too. And that's gonna be like two pages of grief on Edward's part about how he feels after that. But there's also gonna be the Charlie side of it too. Edward listening and seeing Charlie's reaction to it. And I know that Charlie does have a muted sort of mind thing going on with, like Edward can't really hear all of his thoughts, but I feel like he is going to be able to hear these very strong emotions coming from Charlie. So I just feel like that's gonna be bad. I was gonna say bad trademark for that. What was the other chapter called?
1: First of all, I just want to say I literally
0: became that meme of that guy
1: with the veins popping out in his head just now, trying not to laugh and cut you off because if I laugh, your audio will be cut out. It was so hard when you were like, I don't want to read it. Anyways, the second chapter
0: is called Ambush. So this will start basically all of the stuff that we have no concept of or at least I don't have a concept of because this is all from Edward's side now and Edward was not with Bella at this time so I feel like Ambush is gonna be Carlisle Edward and Emmett just looking for James in the forest maybe even encountering him And or Victoria, I don't know, because I know that they meet up with Laurent at the house and Laurent is like, I'm peace and I'm out of here. So I don't think that Laurent is going to be involved, but I think it's possible that they could, in theory, hit up Victoria or even James and there might be a fight. Interesting. Okay. Oh, my God. The cats
1: must have laid on the remote because the TV just came on. It was so creepy. (laughs) Oh my God, sorry. It like just came on and I was like.
0: (laughs) X-Files theme song starts.
1: Yeah, and it's like right on Netflix. I'm like, how did it get right to Netflix? I was not watching Netflix before this. I was watching Amazon Prime. The ghost in my house is like, I really want to see that new fucking Great British Bake
0: Off or whatever. (laughs) I heard there's a really good Son of Sam documentary that I am just looking forward to. Oh my God so funny anyways okay well i think that's about it for this week
1: um i'll do the socials because i made Paige do it like three times in a row um so we're on instagram and tumblr at tuesdays are for twilight we are on twitter at taft pod you can email us at tuesdaysrfortwilight at gmail.com. Our Patreon is patreoncom Twilight. Please always remember to support, share, donate if you can to the Quilliet Move to Higher Ground movement at MTHG.org, and hit us up on social media. We've been getting, we've still been getting a lot of DMs, a lot of fun stuff. So it's been, it's been fun. It really makes our day when you guys, when you guys do that.
0: Um, I yeah, it is honestly it. Emily texts me immediately because I mean sometimes I'm working and I don't have my phone on me but Emily is always like if I don't see it it is almost immediate she's like did you see the nice message we got on Instagram did did you sends me memes sends me memes sends me memes oh my gosh we got a really nice email it just is very exciting to know that like there's just something nice waiting in the inbox for me to read so yeah it's just it's nice
1: yes Yeah. yeah for example um you and Angela were having a pretty good conversation on our Instagrams. Oh, she's super cool. Um, it was funny for me, Angela, because I went back and read it, and I was like, "Oh, this is so nice!" <laughs> like, but I wasn't part of it. You know, that Instagram is funny because it's the only one that both Paige and I have access to. So it, you just never know who you're gonna get. <laughs>
0: mhm, mhm. So, it's kind of like a, like a, I don't want to say Russian roulette. That is not the right thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know what you're getting at. I can't think of it either. Like a gamble,
0: like a black, black, not blackjack. What's the one where you spin and the ball goes around and it just lands on a random number? Do not roulette.
1: Ask. I do not know.
0: I think it's roulette. Just not Russian. Right. There's no. There's no death involved.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Um. Yeah. Okay. So you got anything else before we sign off? Um.
0: Let freedom ring. Let your voice sing. We'll see you in two
1: weeks for chapters 23 and 24 of Midnight Sun. Bye, guys.
0: Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, danimal6 underscore on Instagram.